Welcome to Expositional Excerpts. I'm your host, Matthew Pilch. I pastor Grace Fellowship Baptist Church in Port St. Lucie, Florida. Let's dive into the Word. Today we are looking at Ephesians 3.10, which reads, So that through the church the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. We are talking about counting our role as ministers of the gospel a great privilege, and we've already looked at the idea that being made a minister of the gospel is a powerful act of God. We've also looked at the idea that being made a minister of the gospel is humbling. And in our last episode, we examined the idea that we must always keep our task of being a minister of the gospel at the forefront of our minds. Today with verse 10, we see that we must always remember the purpose of our ministry. This little word, so that, or these two words, so that, really is very plainly indicative of purpose. So that, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in heavenly places. We have to remember the purpose of our ministry. And the first thing we notice under this is that we are the vehicle of the gospel. When he says, through the church, we are the church. So when you see that phrase, don't think that the church is the building or the church is some large entity. The church is the people assembled. Uh, try and I, I try and say that often when we meet for church. In fact, when we open up our corporate worship on Sunday mornings, I say welcome to this assembly of our church because it is the church assembled together. It's not the building. We could meet in a parking lot. We could meet in the woods. The fact of the matter is, is the church is the people. And God makes that abundantly clear throughout scripture. We are a living temple and we are the spiritual building blocks as it were. So the church is you. The church is me, right? So when he says that through the church, we have to understand that we are what is in view here, that we are the vehicle of the gospel, so that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might be made known. So we are the ones that are doing it. Heavenly authorities don't look down and marvel at a single individual. We're not looking for one person out of the entire group and saying, wow, that person is really a vehicle for the gospel. When the heavenly authorities, when the people in the heavens, uh, I say people should be more clear in my language, right? When, When the heavenly host, when God and his angelic messengers look down and they view the activities of the earth in this age, They see the gospel spreading through the world. They see it moving through the church, not through an individual. So you are the vehicle of the gospel, and so am I. But secondly, not only are we the vehicle of the gospel, we display God's wisdom so that through the church, what? The manifold wisdom of God might be made known. So what we're talking about here is... We, when we share the gospel, are looking at the idea that God's multifaceted and made known wisdom, his wisdom that has now uh, been made manifest, has now been revealed through the gospel, is now known to the 
the heavenly rulers, uh, right? So we see that in, in this, that God's wisdom is now displayed, not just through the gospel, but through those who are declaring the gospel. And, and so when people see the gospel going forward and they see lives being transformed, of course, that's all God's working. They're looking at that. And when they see us being obedient to the, the task of the gospel, then they're saying that is God's wisdom on display. And so we have to, we have to understand that as well. You wear the vehicle, we also display God's wisdom, and it brings in an interesting aspect. And that is that it's not just for the leaders of the world. We're not talking about rulers and authorities here on earth, although the gospel goes to them as well. We are actually being watched, thirdly, by spiritual forces. And so we have people in position, or people, I keep saying that, we have beings, heavenly uh, beings, we have part of God's creation that occupy uh, the space near God. Okay, so this is not the fallen angels, this isn't the demons and, and things like this, but God has special messengers uh, who attend to him, right? And we have people, uh, again, I said people, we have angels in the heavenly places go look at the book of Revelation, especially chapters four and five to get an idea of that. And so there are all kinds of creatures that God has surrounded himself with in the heavenly places that have positions of great authority. And they look down and marvel at these things. And this brings in an, an interesting aspect, okay? God has placed us, in, and this comes up often as well, and we have a duty to remember this as believers, but we occupy a physical world, and that's not bad because, you know, don't, don't fall into the error of Gnosticism here, which says that the physical world is bad and only the spiritual is good. And while we long... Uh, we long for the fullness of everything that God has intended. Uh, he has placed us here right now so that we would walk by faith, but you can't ever say that the physical is bad. And here's a very simple reason why, because God created the physical, <laughs> he created the world and it was very good. And even though the world has been corrupted by the fall and it groans and travails in the pains of childbirth, uh, until now waiting for redemption, uh, and, and and so that's uh, Romans chapter eight language there. Even though that is true of the physical world, uh, we are still part of that. And God has a plan to redeem the physical world, but it doesn't mean that the physical is bad. But then the flip side of that coin is that when we are living in the physical world, we can forget kind of easily, to be honest, that the spiritual exists. And this verse is in place to remind us of the fact that we are fighting a spiritual war. In fact, Paul will go on later in this letter in Ephesians chapter 6 to talk about that and articulate the nature of the spiritual warfare that every believer is a part of. And so we'll save that until we get there. But we really have to understand that when we are walking in obedience, and of course we walk by faith and not by sight, we remember all those verses, right? But when we are in this world, there is a spiritual side that we cannot perceive that is looking down upon us and viewing our activities. And when we are being obedient to the gospel, they are marveling at God's wisdom. 
And so we are being watched by spiritual forces. And that doesn't mean that we should freak out. It doesn't mean that we should be worried. But the fact of the matter is, is know that even if it feels like you are all alone and no one around you is, seems to be uh, declaring the gospel and you feel nervous and all of those things, know that A, God is with you and know that when you're out there being obedient in the dissemination of the gospel as an ambassador of Christ, you're taking your ambassadorship seriously, all of those things, that there, it's not just God who's looking on, but the whole heavenly host, rulers and authorities in heavenly places are also looking down on you and when you are being obedient and they're looking down on me when, when I'm being obedient, then they are marveling. They are absolutely marveling. They're watching us. And so we have to remember the purpose of our ministry. And that brings us to uh, the fifth aspect of this as we count our role as ministers, a great privilege of the gospel, verses 11 and 12, that God's plan for our current ministry was foreordained. Does God know what he's doing? Of course. Did God call us before the foundation of the world? Yes. Did God know our name before he created anything? Did he know every one of our days, every one of our thoughts, every one of our words before it all happened? Of course. So if we understand all of that, then we also have to understand that once he uh, foreordained and predestined us for salvation, that along with that, there were works that we should walk in, and we kind of covered that in Ephesians 2. Uh, he has works that were foreordained that we should walk in them, but that also means that our ministry as ministers of the gospel was foreordained. Verse 11, this was according to the eternal purpose that he has realized in Christ Jesus our Lord. So God's current ministry for us that was foreordained was set in eternity past. This is according to the eternal purpose that he has realized in Christ Jesus our Lord. Um, very interesting little anecdote. When I was in Bible college from 2003 to 2007, there was a missionary to South America, and he talked about the eternal purpose of God and I'm, it's, it was interesting because it was, a, it was, I suppose, a take on this, but here we actually see this phrasing come out in uh, verse 11 that, that our role as ministers of the gospel is according to the eternal purpose of God. Now, is the eternal purpose of God solely the salvation of, of people? No, that's a big part of it. But the eternal purpose of God must uh, include in somewhere in that description the glorification of himself, the exaltation of the Son. This brings us back in our minds to like the Westminster Shorter Catechism when we look at catechetical questions. And we have that famous one from the Shorter Catechism, what is the chief end of man? The chief end of man is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. So I think that any activity under that, including evangelism, is going to fall under uh, the category of the glorification of God. But it's not just that we are sharing the gospel, it is that we are making disciples and that we are growing because he's put us here for sanctification. Okay, so he has all of this in plan, and so the part of the master plan and the eternal purpose of God 
is the dissemination of the gospel, is the growing of the saints, the sanctification of the believer, is the strengthening of the church, is the guarding of the gospel by the church. It's all of those things subsumed, and this was all foreordained in the past. And this is his purpose uh, for why he created this earth to function this way and have Christ come at the time that he did and that the church would come out of that as this mystery that was never seen in the past and has now been revealed. All of that was ordained in eternity past. It's absolutely incredible to think about. But it not only was it set in eternity past, it was realized in Christ Jesus our Lord. This was according to the eternal purpose that he had realized in Christ Jesus our Lord. All of it came about in and culminated in the earthly ministry of Jesus Christ. And, and now it has been made clear, as we just said. And then we see this, uh, that Christ's ministry, death, burial, and resurrection provides boldness to declare the gospel and access to the throne room of God with confidence, okay? Uh, in whom, verse 12, we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him. So all of the things that the church does when we when we are obedient, when we're going out as the church, not just an individual, but the church is going out doing what it's supposed to do, and the heavenly rulers and authorities are looking down and marveling at these things, and we're displaying the manifold wisdom of God. All of this is possible because of Christ and his ministry. It was all set in the past, and it was all brought to the realization and is brought to uh, fruition in Christ in whom, that's in Christ, we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him. And so everything is predicated, therefore, on the ministry of Christ. Uh, Because he was obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross, and he was buried and he was raised from the dead, that has emboldened believers from that moment forward to go forth into the world in the face of death, most certainly. Uh, Many, many people were martyred for their faith. Almost all of the apostles, minus John, who was exiled to Patmos, uh, and and dying a death in exile was not a a pleasant thing. It's, It's a different world. Don't have all the amenities that we have today. I mean, it would have been a harsh and austere uh, condition in which he would have lived. But so many were martyred for their faith, and yet they had boldness to do that. And then even more so now, if you keep track of that through ministries like Voice of the Martyrs, it's absolutely incredible uh, the things that we see going on. And all of this is because people are really laying hold of the idea that that Christ has done so much for them, and that has emboldened them. And that's exactly what we see. We have boldness. We have access to the throne room of God because of Christ. We now uh, boldly approach the throne of grace uh, as we read in the book of Hebrews. And, And we also see in this realization that this ministry is in Christ Jesus, our Lord, that our ministry is in direct uh, proportion to our faith in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him. Our ministry is in direct proportion to our faith. And so the greater our faith, the the more obedient we will be going out and doing what God has asked of, of us. And I hope that really makes sense because that's really what we're talking about. So our goal as we come to the word of God is to study the word, is to meditate on the word so that it will increase our faith. And when our faith is increased, then we say, you know what? 
I, I actually believe what God has said in his word, and I believe that the gospel has power as it goes forth, and God has ordained me to be a vessel for the dissemination of the gospel. I believe that God, what God has said, that, that heavenly beings look down and marvel, and I display the manifold wisdom of God. I believe that God will be pleased when I go out and declare the gospel to others to sometimes use that faith and to grow that in them and to see them come to salvation, all of that. And it's all in direct proportion to our faith. So let me encourage you to continue to be a student of the word so that your faith can grow. Okay, we're going to leave that here because of time. We have one more point to examine, but we'll have to pick that up in our next episode. This has been another podcast of Expositional Excerpts with Pastor Matthew Pilch. If you'd like more information, please visit our church website at gfbc.net.